0: This is a Squeeze podcast, where your shortcut to being informed. Good morning. I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Tuesday, the 2nd of November. In your Squeeze today, the tit for tap between Australia and France, COP26 has begun, grilling Gladys, and it's Cup Day. This is your Squeeze today. Claire, starting today by acknowledging the fact that I have emerged from the cave I recorded in yesterday and things should sound normal again. (laughs) You're out of your tunnel. I'm very pleased to hear it. (laughs) I had some technical issues which made the podcast sound somewhat echoey yesterday. Let's call it human error. I'm really sorry, everyone, but we are back to normal today. So here we go. To some people who have bigger problems than their audio quality, Claire, and that's President of France, Emmanuel Macron, and our Prime Minister, Scott Morrison. They're in quite the tit for tat over who told who, what and when about the plan for Australia to cancel its submarine order with the French and instead build nuclear submarines with the US and the UK. Yeah, tit for
1: tat is the right word for it. Where we landed yesterday was Macron accusing the Australian Prime Minister of lying to him when it came to their dealings about that naval group contract to build $90 billion worth of submarines for Australia. What Morrison did after that was say that he had had some discussions, but he didn't really point to any specifics. And overnight, what Morrison has done is address the media and say that Australia should be sledged over this. He's referenced text messages which could shed some light on things. Uh, What Morrison has said is that he spoke to Macron in June about some issues with that contract and then Macron texted him two days before the AUKUS announcement asking if there would be good or bad news but the French leader wouldn't take
0: Morrison's call to discuss it it's easy to get lost in the weeds of what went down and who texted who and who told who what. I guess what's relevant here, Claire, is the context around why it matters. Exactly. So, a couple of things
1: to point out. Macron uh, is going all out to defend France and his government and himself. What some have done is point to the fact that there is a presidential election and that starts in April next year. So, he's really got nothing to lose on that front and he's under quite a bit of pressure uh, already in the polls on that. Uh, Also, Scott Morrison is very strongly defending himself. He's also heading towards an election. And there's a lot of heat here at home about his presence on the world stage,
0: whether he's trustworthy. Uh, Of course, all of that will play out. It's all about politics. It's also all about building submarines. There's, of course, a third party in all of this too, and that's the US. This is running pretty hot in the US press as well. US President Joe Biden says he didn't know the French weren't in the loop. Either way, there could be more on this as these leaders are summit hopping together at the moment. That all happened on the edges of the G20 in Rome, and they're now all at COP26 in Glasgow. To COP26, Claire, it's begun. As I said, it feels like we've been talking about it forever. Now it is underway. UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson is the host, so he kicked off with a big speech. He's told world leaders that it's one minute to midnight in the race to prevent global warming from reaching devastating levels.
1: Yeah, and if it wasn't for COVID, we probably would have been talking about COP26 forever mm. ever, but it's really been in focus for us for the last month or so. And as you say, that has kicked off overnight. That leaders' summit will go today and tomorrow. Johnson has set the scene talking about all of the science and the reports that have come through saying that there is limited time for temperature increases to be kept to a minimum. Uh, Of course, this meeting has been described as the last chance saloon by Prince Charles. It's also been described by others as one of the most important diplomatic meetings in history. Uh, No pressure then from anyone. There's a lot of concern, though, that the big emitters of the world won't come to the party. But an early surprise with India committing to net zero emissions by 2070. uh, That is 20 years later than hoped but it is seen by some as some major progress
0: you mentioned those big emitters when we're talking about big emitters we're referring to China Russia and Brazil for example none of the leaders of those countries will be attending the summit as for Scott Morrison he is there and he will be speaking today Zooming right into state politics now, and New South Wales former Premier Gladys Berejiklian was again at ICAC yesterday. She was there answering for the second time questions about her relationship with former Wagga, Wagga MP Daryl Maguire and whether the nature of their relationship was something she should have declared. And
1: really, yesterday's session was a continuation of what happened on Friday. She gave quite a strident defence of herself about why she didn't declare that close personal relationship with the MP who has since been uh, turfed from office and is under his own probe around corruption claims. Uh, What she says is that her relationship with him didn't undermine her public duty.
0: That's it for the public hearings on this matter for Berejiklian. She says she wants to get on with her life, that's the quote. As for any ruling on her wrongdoing, experts say it could take up to a year for the commission to report its findings and recommendations. As promised, we're keeping people posted on Japan's election result. You and Larissa previewed it in the podcast on Friday, Claire. And you know what? I haven't been able to sleep since with anticipation. (laughs) Tell me what happened. I'm so sorry to leave you with that cliffhanger. So...
1: Uh, What has happened is that the Liberal Democratic Party, the party that's been in power in Japan for the better part of the last 70 years, has won that election. It was tipped to uh, not maintain a majority. Uh, To get a majority in Japan, you need 233 seats. It looks like the LDP uh, will get around 260 seats. Uh, It'll also team up with a smaller party, which means that they have close to 300. So they have won that election election. Uh, Fumio Kishida, who has only been the Prime Minister for a month,
0: looks set to continue in that leadership role. Yeah, he took over from Yoshihide Suga, who resigned following poor reviews of his management of the COVID crisis. He'd only been in the job for a year after Shinzo Abe, who was Japan's longest serving PM, resigned due to ill health. So quite a bit going on in Japanese politics over the past few months. All settled now. House prices is the next thing on the agenda today. Brace yourself. According to analysts, CoreLogic, capital city prices were up 1.5% last month, with regional prices up 1.87%. There's certainly a trend of people leaving our cities and heading to the regions.
1: Yeah, and that seems to be continuing. Uh, What has happened in recent times is that price growth in the regions continues to outstrip that of the capital cities. But wherever you look, it's getting more expensive to buy a home Uh, national prices are up 21.6 percent over the last year that's really great if you're a homeowner and believe it or not growth has slowed in recent months Um, that's because of housing affordability concerns Uh, and also there are more homes being put up for sale it's been springtime which is traditionally a season for that to
0: happen yeah there's lots of moving parts in all of this and lots of talk about how it's getting tougher and tougher for first home buyers big shout out to anyone tuning in from victoria today you might be listening in while getting your hair done or your makeup done or you might be doing it yourself which is typically what I tend to do at the very last minute, in preparation for a Melbourne Cup celebration. It's a public holiday for everyone there. Enjoy it, whatever you're up to. As for the race itself, Claire, I've only heard about one horse. Is there another horse racing?
1: (laughs) Yeah, it is a bit like that when it comes to the coverage. Incentivise is the one that is getting all of it. He is a five-year-old gelding from country Queensland, a country kid made good. We like those, Kate. good uh, story. like that. He is so fancied in today's Cup that parallels with Farlap are even being yeah. made. Uh, of course, we're in tough times. Farlap raced around the Depression, so, you know, a horse that we can all rally around. That all takes place at 3 o'clock
0: today. Of course. You know, it's funny, Claire, it's such a big deal, the Melbourne Cup, but each year when I try to remember who won, The previous year I could draw a complete (laughs) blank And I've just realised it's because I never actually back the winner Can you recall the 2020s winner?
1: Oh don't ask me, I read it all yesterday And it's gone (laughs) in one year and out the other
0: (laughs) It was Twilight Payment Who's also in the race today actually Mm. uh, And is one of the favourites again is the day, Claire. And obviously, as you mentioned, Melbourne Cup for me. 3pm is the race that stops the nation. I had to say it. You'll have your eye on something else
1: though. Yeah. First Tuesday in November is the Melbourne Cup, but it's also the Reserve Bank board meeting day, which is pretty exciting (laughs) for economists. (laughs) And of course, we'll hear about interest rates. There's a bit going on at the moment and getting a fresh view from the Reserve Bank will be quite important today. Yeah. It
0: might not be quite as talked about as the Melbourne Cup, but depending on what they say, you just... Never, never know. Tune into the podcast tomorrow. I'm sure you'll find out both. Thanks, as always, for listening to The Squiz today. Enjoy your Tuesday. We'll be back tomorrow. A message now from our podcast partner, Hubble. You know what it's like. Your friend recommends a great film or TV show and you're excited to check it out, but suddenly realise you can't remember what she said it was. That's where Hubble, spelt H-U-B-B-L, comes in. It brings your streaming apps and free-to-air TV together into a single experience. You can easily search for your favourite content and keep track of what you want to continue watching. You can also watch free-to-air TV with or without an aerial using the integrated TV guide so you always know what's on and where. It's TV and streaming made easy. Go to hubble.com.au to find out more.